high school diploma. Just kill yourself already. Gross. I can't believe she went out in public wearing oh that. Oh my god, what a loser. <laughs> Typical tree-hugging loser. You must be the stupidest person on planet Earth. She's so curvy, she even bent the wall. What's she trying to do? Square looking ass. Does she even have a brain? Bro, what is she doing? I can't even look at this anymore. <laughs> is this a joke? What is that fit? What a thought. I, that cannot be her boyfriend. Serious glow down. <laughs> As a society, we are more polarized than ever. The sampling from Twitter at the top of the show exemplifies the snarky, vituperative tenor of social media. Social media unites us often only around what Brene Brown calls common enemy intimacy, bringing us together uniquely around the shared hatred of others. Adrian Mishler is the exception. She is an actress and a yogi from Austin, Texas, and is best known for her YouTube channel, Yoga with Adrian, that has built up 4 million subscribers. Adrian has used the same digital channels that often divide us instead to create deep levels of connection and belonging. On her website, she has built a community platform where people go to seek support well, well beyond yoga. She has created the conditions for community to thrive, safety, trust, continuity. That's hard to do digitally. And in many ways, her community is no longer about her. My name is Adrienne Mishler, and I am an Austinite, an artist, and a yogi. And can I add to your bio? Yeah, of course. I would call you a community builder. Would that be fair? Absolutely. And a very unique kind of community builder. And I... um. I'll color that with, against the context of sort of where we are as a society right now, which feels more polarized than ever, and we're sorted in these little bunkers. Social media and digital media tends to fuel, I think, that polarization, um, generally because it's kind of snarky and divisive. But somehow you have managed to take those same tools and create really unique, deep levels of connection and belonging. I wonder how you did that. Well, when I was little, a lot of the things that my mom used to impart, <laughs> share, enforce, used to really annoy me as a young mind. But it's it's probably the number one thing. It's definitely the first thing that comes to my mind here now. When I think about all the things my mom used to share with me and, and quite literally forced me to reframe when I was little. And, and a lot of that has to do with language and thoughts and action. So even something as little as like, I'd be clenching my toes. Kids do this a lot. Like I'd be clenching my toes. My mom, my mom would be like, unclench your toes, you know, I'd be like, Oh, leave me alone. But you would bring awareness like that in little and little ways that ended up being, I think a really big deal in how I move and how I exist as an adult. And I'd say the biggest thing is she introduced me to 
this idea of being really thoughtful and being really conscious with your words at a really young age. And so even though I may not have realized it then, I think that I had a little bit of early training, you know, in this conscious <laughs> languaging paradigm. So obviously conscious languaging has its own thing too, like everything. But I'm I'm talking quite literally just being super aware and almost artful with the way you share information. And I think ultimately that early training from mom, thank you, mom. And then just kind of my, my soul's intuition on like what to say and how to say it. I think that has been the number one thing that's really set this whole experience, this community building experience apart from anything else that I've ever done. <laughs> yeah. And then you've also created the space the platform around which people can gather. So you've created what you call a kula, and maybe you could just describe that word for me and what does that mean? So the word kula, the translation that we love is community of heart. So you're not really there for any other reason. It's not there for show. It's not even an intellectual thing. You're there because your heart's desire pulls you there and in your heart you know you're welcome so in the early days I wanted to be pretty careful or just aware again with how much Sanskrit technology I used when my business partner Chris Sharp and I started yoga with Adrian channel and and began doing the free yoga videos I don't think we could have ever ever really imagined the network that would come from it but I think it was always our dream to create a you know, a community. And Kula was one of those words that I knew really early on that I wanted to select and, and, and make known throughout the community because it's not just about a business, a community, a successful community of business. Kula really drives to quite literally the heart of the matter and says that it's not just that we're all here. It's the reason, it's the why behind we're all here that unites us. And so that's our job to make sure everyone feels that that way, that they feel welcome. Yeah, and just more technically, like on your website and your platform, you've created this area, this kula, that people can join. And then you provide them with a number of like topics, I guess shared interests and shared passions. And when I think of kula or intentional community i think of people sort of willfully gathering around shared interests and passions and so you've created this sort of safe place it's off of you know facebook and and other kinds of social networks um where people can get super vulnerable and supportive and it's become I mean, I started to spend a lot of time in there and it's become incredibly like decentralized where people are really just helping each other. Like you created the space, but now it's not really about you totally. Is that fair? Absolutely. And I think that also though is not a mistake. You know, I think that comes from diligently working to create, um, yoga content that really brings people, you know, more 
in line or just closer to the knowledge that they already have. So we're not trying to like teach anyone or, or I'm not trying to take the role of guru for folks, but rather all the work that they're doing on their mat is really kind of unlocking all of this knowledge and intuition that, that they inherently have. So it makes sense to me. It just seems really logical that the Kula aspect that the community aspect that it also does that, that it's not just a place for pictures and, and a show, but that it really is a safe place for a conversation and for you to um, commune and talk to converse with people who are not already on your wavelength, who don't, you know, their brains don't fire the same way yours does. And to me, I think that is yoga. I mean, that is the, that is the union and that is the uniting that, that we, at least people like you and I, Jeff, I feel like that we find the world is lacking, that, that we need more of. very consciously bringing this notion of union to much deeper subjects. I mean, in your community, you have like a topic or a room for mental health and for people seeking support. And there's people in there like getting off their meds or going through deep issues in their personal relationships and marriages and and seeking support and help and advice. And people are are raising their hands to do that. So was that a conscious choice to sort of create these kind of, this kind of subject matter that's that's pretty profound. The river runs so the river runs so deeper, but what I will say that it was always a conscious decision. So there's been a lot of surprises and a lot of uncoverings and it's still happening because of the the world we live in is changing, you know, each year, each year that yoga with Adrian puts a free yoga video up every week of the year, it's, it, we live in a totally different time. So, you know, it's hard to nail, but what I, what I will say is that it's always been a really conscious decision to through digital content and modern technology to actually always honor yoga as an ancient practice, as its most pure practice. The one conscious, consistent thing was to always actually be really true to yoga. I've never, ever wanted to create my own style of yoga. I've never wanted to modernize yoga. You know, I've never wanted to really do anything with yoga except to introduce people to it so that they could feel healthy and live happy and find their meaningful contribution to the world, whatever it may be. Now that said, what's really interesting, and this is where the fun surprises, you know, they keep coming (laughs) is that pure yoga doesn't mean using the Sanskrit terms or really early on, I was trying to be really conscious to just kind of be on the level with folks and not necessarily prove how knowledgeable I was about yoga. I mean, to this day, and I get, I know this because I get tempted all the time, you know, to show off, to, 
to prove I'm, I'm more than a YouTube yoga star that, you know, I've devoted my entire adult life to this practice. But what the one thing has changed is the world we live in. So if I'm sharing that, you know, this ancient practice in the same way, it's not going to work. So a lot of the surprises and, and really this beautiful community and the way it's, it's blossomed has come from not necessarily the yoga, but the way we're taking the yoga and applying it to the world we live in today. You know, you have managed to create such a, a much bigger tent and, and create so much more access to the practice. I think, you know, you have the, the kind of archetypal Western yogi, this kind of blonde-haired, lithe-bodied pixie that can just like pop up in a handstand at like any moment. But that's the great, great, great minority of people. There's something I read that I found just on a comment on, on your Facebook page, which is like, I think so telling of kind of, so emblematic of what you've created. There was a woman that said, and this is anonymous, but I just found you on YouTube and went through day number one of the 30-day challenge and cried through most of it, not out of pain, but out of relief for finding someone who encourages us to make it your own. I'm a 46-year-old obese widow with three teens, and I teach theater students and take care of a farm, and I've been in a huge resistance avoidance towards exercise and self-care, so much body repulsion. You gave me 30 minutes of hope, helping me to allow myself to connect with my body. Thank you. (laughs) (laughs) And I'm still so... I'm crying because um, I, I read these, I, I, I read beautiful notes like this all the time, little love notes. <clears throat> it's why I stay committed to writing my weekly love letter, just as a, another way to give back and keep the exchange going. But I'm, I still get emotional hearing this because this is, this, yeah, this is what it's all about. Thank you for sharing that. It's, it's, it's a two-parter. One, it's about, you know, it's about finding your power, that, but that's only goes so far. And then for me, it's about, then what are you going to do with that? And, and, you know, fun, easy way is to say, you know, it's about finding your power and then using it for good, which is essentially what we're talking about here. But I think that's what, you know, the, the yogis and all of these ancient practices, whether it's Buddhism, you know, we're, we're on this path to enlightenment. But what the hell does that mean in modern day when we have all of these new ways of communicating and all of these new ways of receiving information that of course have an effect on our relationship to ourselves. So that's just so beautiful to me. I'm laughing. I still get choked up because it's, it's about, it's about empowering people and, and finding our own power, but that's just not good enough. It's, it's also about what are you going to do with it? It's about having control um, and being in your power, but then also being able to move it in a way that, hopefully serves others and empowers others. Yeah, I think it's also, um, it's easy to get kind of caught up in some of the the scale, the numbers, like 4 million subscribers, oh my God, you know, um, and that's amazing. But then when I read some of those things, I mean, that's where the real, that's where the rubber hits the road because these, because these are real people. That's one person. And, you know, I think it's when we're 
studying and looking at society, we're confronting this kind of epidemic levels of loneliness of people that are suffering, and we're all suffering in some way, but don't have anywhere to go. And then all of a sudden they find a place and a practice that kind of gives them a connection. The importance of that can't be undersold. It's different for everyone. And I love it. I've been doing this long enough now that I'm starting to really notice people hear what they need to hear. And sometimes I'm like, did I even say that? Or somebody will quote me on something, but it's a little bit different than how I said it. And I realized, oh my gosh, they weren't listening to me. They were listening to their inner teacher. And then whatever lessons or, or messages they got on the mat that day, they can then take them, integrate them into their life, embody them, and then share them and communicate them with others. And to me, that's just like the most motivating, awesome, <laughs> just amazing thing in the world that I honestly am inspired by now more than ever. It seems like a small detail, but I saw a brief clip in this video of you doing yoga with a group of people, including a woman with my body type on the bigger side. Seeing my body represented means a lot to me because I often feel very ashamed of my body and especially ostracized from wellness type communities or like I don't belong or like I'm gross and incapable. There's a lot I've always felt I couldn't do because I'm fat, but you make me feel like I can do anything, starting with yoga, and that my size or appearance doesn't diminish my worth, and that I don't have to torture myself to change my body in order to be a happy, whole person, but that I can work towards being healthier in a gentle, kind way. You remind me that I should love myself, and I deserve to love myself, and it's okay to love myself. You help me to connect with the body that I have fought and hated all my life. Thank you. Adrian is now focusing on bringing yoga to a broader demographic of people. It's so easy to be intimidated by lithe bodies popping into handstands at the gym or the local studio. But at-home yoga allows people to step into the practice without fear of judgment. Adrian's audience is not based in the usual yoga hotbeds of Los Angeles or New York. Her following is global, and within the United States, she reaches deep into all parts of America in a way that few yoga teachers ever have. And is part of your personal legacy to bring kind of yoga to everyone, to seniors, to athletes, to people working in restaurants, to executives sitting at desks. I mean, is, is that part of your legacy to create the biggest global tent for this practice? I think it's my responsibility to at least try to show up to the best of my ability and make a contribution 
to the world that, that feels good. And more specifically to me, I am starting to feel a, a bigger responsibility to, to yoga as a whole. I'm in a really awesome and beautiful, unique position to to give it some serious thought and hopefully encourage others to to explore these tools that I genuinely believe are valuable and readily available to anyone and everyone who is craving balance and who has any interest. You don't have to love yourself, but if you even have an interest, an inkling to practice self-love over this kind of uh, self hatred that used to, you know, I find was really popular when I was a teenager. You can even hear in the early yoga daydream days, you know, people, a lot of people loved my self-deprecating humor, but I'm starting to lean further and further away from that self-deprecating humor and really just, you know, take responsibility for the fact that the world needs us to, to pay more attention to our thoughts, to our words, to self-love. I think that we can talk about it all we want. And if anybody wants to talk about it, you know where to find me. But I think to, to fi- actually find it in your body and to move it is, is the ticket because obviously then the brain gets connected and then we have a whole other, you know, we start to open up a whole new can of worms. It also just seems really logical to me if, if we're doing, if we're introducing yoga into the home that we not ignore the connection and the spirituality if it does start with us, then I'm, I'm down to take a little leadership role and say, hey, I'll create a safe space for you to come and share your story and move your body. And I'll also try to be creative enough to keep you engaged, help you feel like, you know, you're in charge because you are, and also make it fun. I think that yoga for all, too, isn't, you know, my desire to get more yoga out to the people as you mentioned earlier, it really, really truly isn't a numbers thing. And in a way, I can back that up by saying, guess what? In a lot of ways, the numbers hurt my mission. Because people look at it and they go, oh, YouTube star. Oh, big old yoga class. I can never, I could never be around that many people. Or, oh, it's, it's, it's not in the setting that I, I associate with being a sacred space. Well, honey, what could be more sacred than you just dropping to your knees in your bedroom or your living room, you know, and just being with yourself. So in a lot of ways, the numbers kind of, they can, they can sidetrack a lot of people. But when I think yoga for all, it's not just about how many people we can get involved. It's really about like how many aspects of yourself are you willing to show up with all parts of yourself? And then how, how many areas of your life are you willing to just be open to this affecting just your workout or maybe your spiritual self or maybe, you know, your work relationships. And then it really starts to bleed everywhere. And then again, what we're actually talking about here is really yoga, the heart of yoga, the original yoga, just in a different setting, in a different context, which those are just the facts to me. If we can find the ability just to like, even like make these little infinitesimal steps around, you know, carrying that awareness forward kind of off the mat, um, into our relationships, the aggregate of all of that energy can really affect how we live in society. Absolutely. And we're, I mean, and we, 
we see it all the time through the conversations in the cool, just going back to the community. We just lost someone in the community and, uh, you know, I'm not trying to bring this up to put, you know, put a pin in or make a point. I bring it up because it's a really beautiful, most wonderful example of, of the yoga coming off the mat and into the everyday. We had, we had a, a beautiful woman in the community who was diagnosed with terminal cancer and we went on the journey with her willingly, wonderfully. We checked in, we listened to her ups and downs, you know, some people actually have met her, but you know, not for the most part, none of us have met her. We, we feel so close to this woman and her story, you know, about her family, all of the things they tried to um, do to, to prolong some time, extra time she could have with her sons, et cetera. And right before she passed, uh, there was a side group in the Fine What Feels Good community that created a little, um, basically a little, what do you call it, Facebook Messenger group to send her surprise gifts, like anonymous gifts. And in the week leading up until her passing, she was in the hospital, people were sending her these surprise gifts just to kind of bring a smile to her face. And um, of course, it goes without saying that it was it was a hit. It was a big loss. But it was also... a beautiful moment of, oh my gosh, if there was ever a question uh, as to whether or not this was just yoga asana or modern day yoga, or if this was not a good thing by my angels, this was a good thing. You know, it was a big, it was a big moment, not just for us, Chris and I, but I think for the whole community, we could feel the power um, behind us coming together. And really feeling together and not just, you know, no one's alone. And really feeling together, even though we've never met. Well, I hope that together with our mutual efforts, we can continue to create the biggest possible community, Kula, of kind of community of the heart. And I look forward to being on that journey with you. I think we will. I think we already are. And I think that it's about us really leading the way and, and, and promoting and reminding each other when we forget that, that yeah, we're all one big family. We're all one big core. Adrian's course, Yoga for All, is now available on Commune. Go to onecommune.com. Thanks for listening. And please subscribe on Apple Podcasts or wherever you get your favorite shows. We'll see you next week. Mm-hmm.